Welcome to episode 97 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Sebastian the Crab Munro, and I'm joined tonight by Keelan Urchin Boy Simpson and Simon Loves Shark's Shark's Tale Evans. <laughs> I want to just add on to that, actually. Whilst we were shit talking Shark Tale, I got a message from my partner saying, I can hear you talking shit about Shark Tale. How dare you? Yeah, Weird. I mean, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be you're gonna be recording next week from the fucking park because she's gonna <laughs> kick you out, okay? Because Shark's Tale, uh, the Will Smith vehicle that is not just Will Smith. I think Angelina Jolie's in it. I yes. can't remember the full cast. Yes, but good. Yep, and Jack Black. And Jack, look, yeah. are you come on? Disney against these people, right? No, I, mean, I you had a had a stellar cast. I'll look it up in a minute if I have to. Yeah, no, it's it has got a really good cast, but the actual movie itself is bad like it's really bad and i don't mean that as like a oh no i never liked it as a kid because i loved it as a kid i thought it was fucking fantastic i was like oh yeah this is such a fun goofy little movie and then i recently watched a video breaking down shark tale as a movie don't ask me why i fall into weird youtube rabbit holes and it was like film critique and animation critique and it was a really interesting little deep dive and uh yeah shark tale is bad like actually, where, where really you, quite. Where do you watch bad. this on YouTube? What's, you you what, see this on YouTube? Ban YouTube. What's bad? What's bad you, about it? it re- the animation is bad. The story in and of itself is yeah, but it's pretty. It's DreamWorks, pretty, right? Pretty DreamWorks. Trippy. Yeah, yeah. This DreamWorks was this bad was, animation. Shrek is terrible. All the Shrek movies, terrible animation. <laughs> Why? I disagree with that. Amaz- <laughs> amazing that, movies. That, that, that is fundamentally incorrect. Amazing the Shrek, Shrek one's a good film. It's a great film. Bad animation. I disagree. <laughs> it's awesome. animation. Yeah, it's not on the level of, of yeah. Disney's work at the same time. Nowhere near. Oh, no, no, no. But, I mean, that was the first DreamWorks movie that didn't look like complete arsehole, whereas Shark Tale did. Shark- like, I, I promise you, it is worse than you remember. Sorry, who's I- watching a kid's animated film like, oh, this animation's not up to snuff. This movie had Martin Scorsese in it. Scorsese in it. Okay? I, I do things like that sometimes, <laughs> You, yeah. you do, and you also touch sea urchin to get spines up in your in your in your penis hole. I live a full life, Jesse. Full of <laughs> your full of sea urchins. Full of spines. Full of sea now, urchins. Now I've got a cool story to tell and a bit of a spine to show people. I'll put in a little. Now, if you're interested in what in that story, you just miss adding a really really good story from Keelan. Really really good is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Um, <laughs> but you can hear this type of bullshit. Now, pre-show, if you follow us on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, but in that pre-show, I didn't ask Simon how you're doing. Simon, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I am wildly tired at the moment. Like, Have you had any sea creatures inside of you? Thankfully, no. That isn't something I sort of the tend to do. Young. <laughs> yeah, the night you is like young. eating seafood. And you're from Perth, so you're going to probably surf later on. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I'm kind of iffy on you seafood. You like seafood? I, I'm iffy on it. There's just as much seafood that I will eat as I won't. Like, some of the more, I guess, weird things, I'm like, mm, nah. But most standard varieties of fish, so long as it's with a side of chips, I am English, I have to keep it going. You know, cool, I'm down, I'm in, give it to me. Give me give me fish and chips, it doesn't matter what the fucking fish is, so long as it's an actual fucking fish. But as soon as it gets slimy and weird, like oysters, I'm like, mm, nah. Yeah. Nah, that's, that's, that's where I draw the line. Soft chill hey, crab. Yeah. Oh. Fucking fantastic, though. Really good bento box. Mm-hmm. If any restaurants want to sponsor us, I really mix oh up the God. game a little bit. 
feel free. Feel free. <laughs> um, but we're not here to talk about fucking seafood and Keelan's ocean misadventures, his mishaps, the wild mis- semen that he is. Misdemeanors. His misdemeanors. <laughs> hey, I'm Mr. not Misdemeanor. Missy Elliott was in Shark's Tale. Yes, she was. Misdemeanor in the house. God Fuck damn, I hope my, my audio spikes there in memory of, I know she's not dead, but Missy Elliott. <laughs> shout out to Missy Elliott. Okay. Just, just just for being Missy Elliott, just shout out. Great. She wore a garbage bag to a show. One was great. Anyway, 2022, stacked with games. Some would say too many games coming out. But Elden Ring, Ragnarok, untitled Breath of the Wild sequel, possibly. I don't think it will come Probably just anyway. Breath of the Wild 2, let's be honest. This is <sighs> Nintendo. <laughs> who the who knows, okay? It's packed. But there is a, a creamy layer we discovered that I think a lot of people forget about. So we're going to go through 10 games, 10 other games that are coming out in 2022. The reason for this, the reason, the thing that inspired me to do this episode, this we did one last year as well, was Control a few years ago. That would have fallen into this category. Not everyone was talking about it. It was a bit of an unknown quantity. Came out, and I think we can all agree, best game ever. Thanks for all agreeing with me. No. Um, well, mm, fair enough. I want to pay pay due to yeah, some of the games we may be forgetting, and hopefully you hear a few in this list that you uh, get a little bit hyped about. But to start us off, Seafood from Slow Clap. Is that February 8th? You've probably seen this one because it's being retweeted a shit ton lately, especially if you follow me on Twitter. It is a Kung Fu action game. It looks incredible. The big twist in this is the kind of the, the gimmick to it, I guess is that you get older when you die. So your character is trying to, his family's been murdered, blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to find the five people responsible for it. And you need to go around, you need to find clues, kind of like Deathloop. Ooh. And you, you paint a picture of who's done what, and you'll kick people's ass, you know, along the way. But if you die, you have a special amulet and you'll come back. So when you die, you get a chance to upgrade your character a little bit, and you come back. So kind of like, you know, your Hades, games like that. Every time you come back, you're a little bit stronger, a little bit better, a little bit wiser. I like that. A classic revenge tale. I do. Yeah. When you come back, you're a little bit older. And every time you come back, you age a bit more. Mm. And that will start affecting your health. So while you may become more stronger physically, you become weaker healthily. <laughs> what? Whatever. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know about that one. I'm trying here. Constitutionally, yes. Thank you. That's celebrating celebrating January 6th. Was like just mentioning the Constitution. Simon, that um, is your uh, D&D side coming out there. Thank, thank you, you Keelan. Thank it. you for picking up on that. <laughs> I, I, I refused. Uh, what do you guys think of seafood? Oh, man. So I'm super keen on this game. Um, especially after looking at what Slow Clap, the studio, were doing before Sifu. Um, I don't know if you guys played their previous game. It's called Absolver. I've heard of it. I haven't played it, but I've heard, I've heard of, of it. Yeah, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, it's got pretty decent reviews and everything, but it's also a hand-to-hand combat game. And that's interesting to me. So it's like Slow Clap have decided, like, this is what we do. We do hand-to-hand combat. 
and it already looked pretty decent in Absolver, but it, they've stepped it up this whole other level in Sifu. It looks spectacular. Like the combat alone to me is fascinating. And it's so John Wick. It is, it right? Is. The way it you is, pick yeah. the stuff up. And like, there's part where I've seen you as the character, I don't know what the character's name is, throw a bottle at an enemy and the enemy catches it and throws it back. It looks so cool. It feels choreographed. And that's it what does. I really like about yeah. it. It feels like you're part of this action movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it just solely based on that. And also the fact that, I don't know if it is, but it kind of hints to me that it's kind of like Hades in that it's almost roguelite. And I, I love that formula. If there's like really good mechanics, as with Hades, to back it up, you just can't put games like that down. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. How about you, Simon? You were just saying that you don't like seafood. How about seafood? Joke. Yeah, that was good. I'll give you that. Thanks, I am actually pretty keen for this. This is this is one of those games that like every once in a while, when you're watching like the big presentations, there'll be one or two games which aren't your AAA titles that you're everyone immediately loses their shit over. And also aren't GTA five for the eight millionth time. <laughs> There's like that sweet spot, as you as you said before, that, that sort of creamy, creamy middle part. Creamy middle. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, this is the sort of game that I can, you know, it's just going to be a cult classic and this is absolutely it. And I'm actually really keen for it because I want to, I want to know, do you die, die? Like, is there like, do, yeah. you, do you reach like a hundred years old and then you just give up and fall over because you've got fucking heart disease or like, do you just keep going? Like what, where's the limit on that? Do you reach like there's, there's 300 years old and just it. turn into dust? Like, there, there, there has to be a hard ending with this mechanic in there. And I, I want to know what's the limit of that. And you, you look, you just know there's going to be a mode where you can't die and that's going to be very, very cool. But what I'm hoping for in this game, the most is a challenge mode. Mm. Because what the vibe I get from this is a mixture of um, Hotline Miami and the Devil Within mode from Tekken. At that same angle with the fighting stuff like that, I want there to be sections where you go into a you know a building, a house, or whatever. You know where the enemies are, and it becomes how quickly can you get rid of them all? Are there, is it like a style meter? I I want that type of stuff. I, would I like, want to continuously um, do the same map over and over again until I perfect it. What's that game we played at the Story Mode Olympics that I did really well in? Oh, Blood, Blood Roots. Roots. Blood, Blood Roots. Roots. That was yeah, like that. That was gorgeous yeah. watching you do that. I really want, like, the narrative in this sounds really cool. And it sounds like the team behind us, super into it. They're learning. Um, well, I've, got it in, I've got it in our notes. They're learning a, a type of martial arts called Pac-May under Sifu, which means master, Benjamin Kulos. Um, they are into this. So I imagine the narrative is going to be, be incredible, but I want this for the replayability. I want this to be a real bite-sized There'd be a mode where you can take a real bite-sized challenge mode. Mm. You know, when you say challenge mode, the thing that comes to my mind is actually the Batman Arkham games. And they had their challenge mode. Where it was, you are put into a room and you have like 20, 30 goons or whatever swarm you at once. And you've just got to rack up that combo meter. You've just got to counter every single oh, attack. Yes. And make sure you don't have any downtime. Make sure you, you, you know... You, 
essentially execute it to perfection. And watching some of the Rocksteady devs do these, like on live streams, was mind-blowing. Because I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that you could do this in this game. Like, what the flying fuck? I want something like that. I want there to be, if there is a challenge mode, I want there to be a, here's your shit, fucking go for it. Like, kick ass, don't fuck it up. It just looks, I haven't seen a game where the the combat is so fluid and it has a very unique art style and it just, it blends beautifully. This is one I'm, I'm genuinely hyped for. This is my top five hype games of the year. But let's move on to Evil Dead, the game from Saber Interactive. It looks like it's coming out February, 2022. Don't know when in February. And it's coming to everything. Uh, it's a yet another multiplayer co-op slash PVP horror game. This time set in the the world of the Evil Dead. So we're gonna have characters from Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and Ash vs Evil Dead. Simon, what do you think about Evil Dead the, the game? I don't know if it's got staying power because the Evil Dead as a brand is one of those weird cult hits that sort of exists in, like, weird purgatory. Every once in a while, it will, like, Ash versus Evil Dead reboot will happen, and everyone loses their shit collectively over it for about two weeks, and then everyone doesn't talk. It doesn't have a staying power. It yeah. doesn't have that Game of Thrones water cooler conversation that everyone engages in. It's just, if you know, then you've got plenty to talk about. But if you don't know, meh, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to tell you to go and watch all of it. So I'm worried that it would be the same thing with the game. Or it could be the thing that breaks it out. My my concern is that there is already quite a few games in this sort of genre. So if it does something really cool to differentiate itself, then I reckon this will be a, a really good little little game. We have a good point, because I would imagine this being more of like a, a Dead by Daylight DLC pack. That's the thing, yeah. That's what it feels like, because Dead by Daylight's having these like massive horror uh you know license and stuff come to it and just doing these these packs every few months and you get these cool killers and blah 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 some of the ones that they've got as packs are bigger properties than the evil dead in yeah. my eyes again i'm not a big mm. horror person but like it is more for it's a cult classic yeah yeah and look i mean ash is badass and he's got a chainsaw for a hand that's cool as shit <laughs> but other than that i don't really know much about it but you kill him I don't know you you, in this? if you guys have seen the gameplay trailer, but it's a lot more, like, gruesome and violent than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's pretty full on. Um, almost almost uh, satisfying in the way that you can kind of, like, just really get in there with your, your chainsaw and, and stuff. It kind of looks like it could be a fun gameplay experience, but, like, as somebody who has no real interest in the franchise, uh, I'm not going to spend money to play this game. Mm. I, I, I agree with and dies on Twitch. Mm. Streamability of this game is in a big, big factor because, look, I think a lot of people like watching their favorite streamers play these sort of horror games. If it does have that little added layer of like, oh, this is a little bit more gruesome and therefore in the right circumstances, funnier. Mm. Yeah then it'll be, it could become a really big hit on Twitch and kind of explode from there, which I mean, hope so. Cause it's like, it, again, it's a cool property. And I, I remember I have such distinct memories of playing 
there was a game on the PS2 or PS3, an Evil Dead game. And I remember having the demo of it. And you're walking around this like field as Ash and you have a little companion, a deadite, a little deadite guy who can be like cut in half and like thrown into gears and mushed up and he'll just keep reforming and coming back to help you. But like, you know, say there's a door and you need to block up the gears to make it open or whatever. You would throw him in there and he would get all mashed up and he would scream at you and stuff like that and then come back and you've mashed, you know, the door's open now. It was cool. It was cheesy. You knew what it was. I hope this game has the same same sense of humor. It looks like a really bonkers, like, group of characters. There's like a knight in there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think I don't it's all from know. different time eras. Like, I believe I the so. movies happen in different eras and stuff. Uh, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my understanding. But um, in the in the Twitch chat, um, Ray uh, mentions that Dead by Daylight is. Pff- only really fun with friends and that's been my experience with it as well is that it's not a game that you play solo so i'm wondering if this might be the if you know evil dead's going to be the solo game that you could yeah. like a bit more of an arcadey experience kind of like um the ones that's that are set cool. in the shopping centers always fucking dead rising that's it like those are fun arcadey experiences that you can you know chuck on for half an hour piss fart around and you know have a good time so i wonder if we might get something more like that don't know um, it sounds good. Oh, wanna, it's, it's gonna be chaotic. Speaking of killing chaos, Stranger <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, uh, coming out sometime this year for everything. Simon, you're a Final Fantasy expert here. Yes. What the fuck is this? So this is a weird half reboot, I guess, of Final Fantasy One. So wait, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's throwing me off. Yeah, what? Yes, I am not kidding. So, I need uh, to kill chaos. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, in Final Fantasy One, if you guys have ever played it, um, then you sort of should know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, check out the Pixel Remasters. They're really good, and hopefully, they'll be coming to consoles soon. Anyway, the first boss fight that you have is against someone essentially called chaos and that is that's like literally the very like you go into the temple of chaos and go punch him in the face that is your first boss fight that is your first dungeon and boss fight um and this is meant to be some weird like retelling where i believe the main character's name is jack and his compatriots his friends his two friends have been dragged into this world and have to go and kill chaos wait Wait, there's a character in Final Fantasy called Jack? Yeah. You fucking with me? This is like when I, when I watch Dune, and it's like, what's the main character's name? Oh, it's Paul. <laughs> you can't be called Jack in a fantasy world. But that's the thing. He's not from the fantasy world. He's been brought in because magic, probably. I don't oh, really okay. know. Yeah. St- standard isekai bullshit. Yeah. Just eh, hand wave away and probably best to not think about it actually being there. However, the gameplay itself looks really fucking fun. Like, this looks incredibly good. So Final Fantasy 1 was well known for the fact that you could choose your party setup. When you started the game, you got to choose the classes that each character was. And you also got to name them. Um, so, for example, in my most recent playthrough, I chose uh, a knight, a rogue, a white mage, and a black mage. And 
you know, they all get upgraded later on. But in this game, you can swap between the classes as you're going through the dungeon, and you have different skills and abilities and different attack patterns as you are a different class. So, for example, if you're running through the dungeon as a as a ninja, then obviously you're running through really stealthily and really quickly, and you can sort of like execute enemies. Or if you run through it as a knight, you're big and clunky, and you've got big, long power attacks, but that they do way way more damage, and also you can take way more hits. Or you could run around as a red mage and, you know, fire off a couple of black and white magic spells and, you know, do that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of variety in the combat itself, from what I can tell. And that should make it really fun. Instead of it just being a standard Team Ninja hack and slash bullshit thing, this looks like it's actually got a little bit of depth to it. Do you think this is going to be, to, to, to Final Fantasy, what Hobbs and Shaw is? Hobbs and Shaw is to, uh, to Fast and Furious. Fast uh, and Fantasy, if you will. Like, this <laughs> is the start of like a line of spin-offs. So you're going to have different Final Fantasy origin games yeah. for different uh, characters. Depending on the sales, I reckon, yes, this has the potential to be a starting point for a whole new sub-genre, sub-series of mm. Final Fantasy games. I hope that Chocobo Racing game com- coming out later, they rename it Chocobo Racing. Final Fantasy Origins. This is the actual origin of the Chocobo. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be pretty um, fun. Now, something I really don't like about this game, I think is really, really, really gross, is um, the digital deluxe version. It comes with three additional missions, and there's no other way to get them. Mm. Only the digital version. That yeah. sucks balls. Yeah, look, I'm not happy about that. I think that's, that's pretty shitty, especially considering... I wasn't going to get this digitally, considering my fucking PS5 is already at capacity. And so, unless I install a whole bunch of stuff, like um, Genshin Impact, taking up the most space. Also, Spider-Man. Spider-Man takes up a weird amount of space. I'm just saying, be careful putting this game on your PS5, because when that demo launched last year, it crashed a bunch of them. I was going to get into a sort of like, ah, I don't want that. I don't, want, I don't need that headache in my life. I have enough headaches in my life. You know? <laughs> okay. So we're to the next game. A game that I'm cautiously optimistic about. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Coming out to Switch sometime this year. Imagine Kirby, but Mario Odyssey, but The Last of Us. Guys. So. D- honestly, like, no, I'm not a Nintendo guy, but shit. This looks interesting. <laughs> I'm, it does. I'm genuinely intrigued by it, this. Right, it is intriguing. I mean, this the art is the, a good oh, example of how important world building is, or just having something interesting in your world. That's what's drawing me in. Kirby, yeah. I don't really care about Nintendo games. I'm not a massive Nintendo fan, um, but this world has me interested because I, I need to know the lore behind it. It genuinely looks like you may find Joel and Ellie around a corner. What happened it's here? It's crazy. like a dilapidated city overgrown with trees and stuff. And, you know, you're this little testicle alien thing and you're rolling around and you're <laughs> punching bullets and you're shooting guns and you have bombs and, you know, it's... Just, you know, sucking shit up. Us, I guess. Sucking shit up. You know what I find really interesting, though? Is that it could very well be set on planet Earth because not like you guys care, not like it matters, but there have been illusions... Like, like how much angry was like... Not you don't even care. You guys don't even know anything about Kirby. I imagine we're going to get drunk with Simon one day and he's going to be in the car like, nobody, 
Not even fucking cares about Kirby anymore. <laughs> no, no, but hear me out, right? Brian. I'm just saying, because you guys, you guys literally just said that you don't really care for Kirby. But um, he's a little bitch. I mean, he will I hate keep, him. He will absolutely eat you whole and not even think mm. twice about it. Anyway, um, there is, uh, I can't remember which Kirby game, but one of the 3DS games, uh, there is a planet that you can go visit and it's, I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It's like the, the Shiver Star or something like that. And it looks like planet Earth, but entirely frozen over. So it could very well be planet Earth and it's defrosted. Yeah, it's thawed Ooh. out and you go and explore right there. it. It could very well be a thing. If this is, look, if if this is Kirby's Odyssey, I'll be very happy. Oh, I'm so I down for that. I loved parts of Mario Odyssey. I think a lot of parts were, uh, whatever it is. I think they gave a lot of filler in it, to be honest. But it, this has the same vibe of it, of like, there's a slightly different take. We just expand the world, not to the same extent of like, you know, a Zelda in Breath of the Wild, but if they start doing it with some of their smaller characters, it's like, cool, he's just like a reimagined open world version of this. I'm in because I really want an open world Yoshi game. Hell yeah. Yeah. With Hell all these other yeah. dinosaurs and shit. That'd be cool as hell. Uh, but yeah, definitely keeping an eye out for that one. Another game I've been keeping my eye out for for the last year and a bit because it was meant to come out last year is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga from Travel Tales. Look, it's coming out sometime this year, but the rumor mill. Is in, is in a full swing. Um, and from the Bespin Bulletin, they're claiming that they heard the game is releasing but sometime between April and May. It looks like we could get a bunch of Star Wars stuff in the next few weeks, including Fallen Order 2, which, yes, please, we'll get back to that in a moment. Skywalker Saga will be re, you know, redone versions of all of the films. All of the films. There's going to be 300 playable characters at, at launch and then 800 characters in the background. Okay, okay, that's a lot of characters, <laughs> but I'm just saying, playable characters in LEGO games are pretty much the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but um, they're not there to all be different. They are there as fan service. Yeah. If you go in there and you're like, oh, cool, I'm Kit Fisto now, then you're going to be happy. And then you'll have really hardcore fans like, oh, I'm Kit Fisto from this scene in Tatooine where he's in the of a shot you shouldn't be there that's the type of stuff that people get really happy over and really excited over these lego games the lego star wars games that is they there is a part of me in them because they speak to two of my two things i love massively i love lego i love stuff and i remember when i first saw the trailer for skywalker saga and it just it wrapped up everything I loved about the film franchise. All, all eight, uh, what is it, nine films. Mm. We don't count some. Um, <laughs> Depends which one you're willing to like, drop. Ryan Skywalker can suck my balls, okay? I mean, look, I feel like the entire sequel and, trilogy can... Anyway, well, that's incorrect. Last year, it's insanely good. Um, it made me really happy. It just brought up this, like childlike delight in me and I was like a little bit choked up seeing the trailer because all these things started rushing back I remember like you know my first Lego kits were Star Wars and you're seeing them alive on the screen with such character and brightness the way they've been able to tell a story with no dialogue and it's just full of these little, little charming jokes and stuff I'm so excited for this game I will probably tear up at some point in this game and I won't know why 
Then I, I pose a genuine question to you, Jesse. Do you think they can fix the narrative? <laughs> of Rather Skywalker? No, no one can. No, of, of the entire fucking Star Wars franchise. Awesome. Don't need fixing. It's beautiful in its imperfections. I appreciate your optimism and your uh, positive attitude towards Star Wars. No, they can't all be simple, you know, straight to the point narratives like Final Fantasy. Now, I did mention <laughs> another game before, Fallen Order. Keelan, I know you're a big Fallen Order fan because we, we fangirled over that game so much. It's brilliant. It looks like Fallen Order 2 will be announced in the next few months. Hopefully they avoid the cringiness of, of May 4th, but we'll see. I found something recently about a character that was dropped from the original game. There was going to be a droid that was trying to make itself human, okay? I think they called it like the meat cyborg or something like that because it was doing an emotep from the mummy and finding body parts and trying to attach them to itself. And head is like a glass case with a skull in it. He was meant to be the comic relief in the game. <laughs> and then they realized, hold up, that's a bit too dark. It's a bit too disturbing. We're going to have to explain why he has meat hanging off him. And we don't want to do that. So if, they dropped it. If they could do that as a villain or something. As a villain. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Could you imagine God, if yes. like, you know, at the end of the game, look, spoilers for a game that's a few years old now, you leave with your little crew. Okay, say your, your crew grows a little bit more and you find him late in the game and one of your crewmates, that's their skull in the thing. You have the you have the best Star Wars villain there's ever been. Perfect setup. Absolutely perfect. I'd love it. I, I'd love that. I, I think it'd be sick. I, I think it would uh, give be... Me, give me a gory Star Wars game. I Come think on. it would be really cool as well because a lot of the time droids are just comic relief or... Mm. Know, they're just kind of useless utilities to advance. Or sometimes the they have fucking asthma for some reason, General Grievous. Um, Why do they do my boys so dirty? Well, he's he's a cyborg, not a droid. But anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, you know, same thing. They're both metal. Is that is that like space racist? I don't know. Yeah, space um, so racist. Hope it is. <laughs> so if they could make you know a droid, an actual genuine, legitimate like threat. Like, yeah. that would be fucking awesome. I want to see I'd be, more I'd be down for stuff that. like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I am threatened by C-3PO. He knows too much. He looks like a serial killer. And that part where he gets his head slapped over with, uh, you know, the, the battle droids. Roger, Roger. Yeah. Those ones. Yeah, stuff. good times. Stabbing stuff. Moving on to our next game. Staying in space. Star Trek Resurgence from Brunner House. Uh, coming out on, on everything. Brunner House being a... What's come of the ruins, basically, of Telltale? A bunch of folks from Telltale form this crew. It is headed up by Kevin Brunner, who was accused of toxic management at Telltale. So I don't know if you're, they just picked up one problem and moved it over somewhere else. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Okay. Yeah. Sure, hopefully. I'm, I'm it looks concerned. like much of the same from the Telltale game. I'm just concerned that we're going to end up with a, a repeat of that situation again and people are going to spend a lot of time and effort and energy creating a a mediocre game yeah Look, fingers crossed there's some lessons learned and everything like that but nah i mean Ugh. we'll see what happens i guess yeah look 
if it wasn't being if the studio wasn't being headed by someone with a history of being a toxic piece of shit i'd probably feel a little bit more optimistic about this because games can always be polished and there have been plenty of games in the past couple of years that you know initial looks have been pretty rough and have ended up coming out and looking really nice but i yeah i know i'm i'm withholding any any real thoughts or hope for this game until we see maybe a bit more of it and even still yeah kind of what we saw it it's such a big license to have in mm. most things so if you see a star trek tv show it's going to be of a certain quality if you see a star trek film it's going to be of a certain quality for some reason the star trek games aren't the same they're not the same thing as when you see like a licensed star wars game and i've never understood why oh it's you- still a, Sorry. Well, I mean, the the original Star Trek show lent itself to the Telltale formula really well because they weren't action-packed. They were... It was diplomatic of the show. It was about learning a lesson. Um, and that can be done really well through, you know, just dialogue trees, dialogue options, if you will. Check them out on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, man, that was... Okay, good these plugs, aren't I? That was good. Um, but if you want to make a more action game, you got the J.J. Abrams fucking lens flare extraordinaire, lens flare, lens flare, lens flare extraordinaire like that. Um, <laughs> you can go the more action route. Like you could make a a Star Trek game in the same vein as last year's Guardians of the Galaxy game. That would work, and that would be pretty cool. This one just seems really. Um, it feels dated, dated before it's even come out. It just it seems it looks a little bit muddy. And darker, not dark as in tonally, just everything looks a little bit washed out, which is weird because whenever I think of Star Trek, with the old versions, the newer versions, I think of really pristine and clean. I think of a game, you know, like Detroit become human. It's that same level of crispness to it. It has a certain visual style that I don't see in this game. Now, just talking about sort of the visuals and i know this is a pro- probably a mildly unfair comparison but the best visuals i think i've seen in a star trek game was one of the vr ones where you get to basically helm a crew and oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a <laughs> like, cool cool concept. bridge crew yeah bridge crew that was the one yeah and you know you could play with friends and essentially have a crew and run i think it was the enterprise and like, apparently that was really good fun. I'm not a Star Trek fan myself, but I know plenty of Star Trek fans. And there's quite a few of them were like, holy shit, this is so much fun to just fuck about with. And it looked really nice. So, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I feel like this could be such a squandered opportunity and it would be a real shame. Just to go off on a bit of a tangent here, thinking of VR, the PlayStation VR 2 and uh, got announced... This week, and look, we'll do like a deeper dive into it when we actually see what the headset looks like, because who knows? It could be hideous. It could be, just be the worst thing. It could have a spike on the inside. You can't wear it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but this point, from a tech point of view, this thing is incredible. I'm very, very worried about the price price range on that. But the fact that it is one to one cable. You just plug it in. It's one cable. You don't have the fucking octopus behind your PlayStation anymore. It's going to be accessible. It looks fun. It has eye tracking. It has um, this, uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but basically 
it tracks your eyeball movement. So it, all the processing power can go to where you're looking and everything in your peripheral will be of a bit of a lower quality, but you won't notice it, which means the picture quality is going to be so much better. I'm sorry. I'm so pumped. VR sorry. is a waste of money, but I love it. <laughs> it was just so funny because as you said, lower quality on Discord, your camera turned into a mosaic. You know, it was showmanship. Perfect timing. Showmanship, okay? <laughs> 97 episodes of podcasting, and I've learned, okay, the artist of showmanship. It was just, just perfect. So thank you for that. Discord. What I do? Discord's I do. got your back. All right, let's move on to the next game. Now, this one's going to be a little bit divisive i think but marvel's midnight suns from fire access games studio behind um xcom it's a card-based tactical rpg so yeah it is basically xcom with cards with a very strange group of marvel characters it's based on an old comic from like the late 80s i believe called midnight suns where you had this like weird team of like Doctor Strange and Blade and, and Captain Marvel. It was a like, really strange mashup. I like a oh, Wolverine. I love when there's weird mashups in comics. This is that. And they've given it an equally weird genre. The card-based action RPG tactical Whoa. hexagon game. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Now, Keelan. You watch the gameplay footage of this and you are not stoked. No, no. I don't no. Lo- I don't love what I see. And it's not that it's a, you know, like a card-based tactical RPG. It's that there's all this other stuff around it. Like the story seems to take itself very seriously. Yeah, cool, whatever. But it's to the point where there is like a hub world. And inside of that hub world, all of the characters exist and you can kind of go in there and just talk to the characters and ask them questions. There are dialogue trees and all of that stuff. Do you remember, do you know what it reminds me of? Maybe I've just got a bad taste in my mouth because of this. Anthem. (laughs) How there was a hub world and you could go in and talk to these people and it was pointless. So many games of hub worlds though. And dumb. But like having these in-depth uh conversation tree conversations with them like it could go mass effect way but it could also go i guess like anthem way and oh that's, that's where that I'm was it. it looks rough and it looks that was the hottest take i think i've heard it's the I worst mean, fucking take i've ever heard, it looks yeah. I've heard the last not, at least 10 minutes it's not gonna be a bad game i'm sure that the the actual like the meat and potatoes of it the combat is gonna be solid but there's all this other shit that's that it's surrounded with, like really. But it, it helps it helps break it up, and I'm going to be very hypocritical because I'm going to complain about the middle bullshit in a game coming up shortly. But I'm comparing that hub world more to again. I'm going back to Gardens of the Galaxy that came out last year. When you'd end a mission and you'd all go back onto the ship, which is called the Milano, I think it is. You can go talk to all the characters. You have different options, or you can form relationships, or you can just ignore them and keep doing the mission. I imagine it's going to be the same here. Just Look, if you want to dive into the lore a little bit, and Marvel's got such a rich lore, there's going to be little like little tidbits and stuff for like you know massive fans of the genre, comics and all that type of shit. I think there'll be nice little nods there. We can only and hope. It's quite common in these sort of comics where they have their little like base of operations. They're like they they all live in a spaceship together or some shit. We can, we can only hope. I, I also think it looks just a little 
rough, ra- rough around the edges, a bit dated, but it's so weird. Um, like even look at the XCOM games. The the first well, there's three XCOM games, right? Three or four? I'm gonna say three. Um, yeah, yeah. The first two looked really good. Number three had a weird drop off, and it didn't feel right. I, I I couldn't get into three at all, despite loving them. Um, one, two. Well, hang on. Which one are you counting as three in this case? Because there's oh, X-com- the Snake Man in it. Ah, uh, I don't know. Was that the Bureau? Simon the Snake Man. <laughs> the Bureau. Sure. Are they Snake Men? I don't no, know. That's a that's different that's- genre of game. Yeah, yeah like sort of Snake Man. Anyone in the chat, Snake Man? Snake Man, anyone? No one knows Snake the, Man. The okay. two mainline games, XCOM and XCOM Two. Yeah, and then there was then there was the spinoff, which was XCOM: The Bureau Declassified, whatever the fuck the full title was. That was a shooter, which was essentially. No, no, I don't. Maybe actually, I own it. I I literally own the game. Me too. Play in that. like physical form as well, but I've just yeah. never fucking played it. <laughs> Oh, I think it was. Sorry, in the chat, Ubami's got my back. I think it was Chimera Squad. Has a Snake Man in it. I'm gonna have to look ah, up Snake Man. I'm gonna Google Snake That's Man it. later on. See what happens. Now, well, there's a lot of people in the chat mentioning, you know, the whole uh, battle pass aspect, the microtransactions yeah. surrounding Marvel stuff. Yeah, and it's a fair call. Now, so I'm gonna cut you off with the pass here because I know you're gonna be like, but what about this? But what about that? As you do, asking questions, calling out businesses for bad practices. These typical <laughs> holding people things. accountable holding people and accountable. responsible. You know, yeah, regular bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Look, at this time, Dave Command said there will be no microtransactions in this game. That is not what they're going for. Because it is worrying though, because this is such a perfect formula for that, because it's opening packs of cards. I mean, anyone who's played FIFA in the last few years knows that that's, that's what they do. They focus everything into that. So you spend money on cards. Um, I I hope they stick to the word here. Because I think this could be a lot, of, a lot of fun for people who like this sort of game. It's not going to be for everyone. However, if they put in that microtransaction bullshit, it's not going to be for anyone. So, Firexus, if you listen to this, and I know you fucking are, <laughs> more snake men, less microtransactions. I do want to point Hashtag out. Snake Man. <laughs> I do want to point out, though, like from a con- from just a conceptual perspective, this seems like so much fun. Like I'm, I'm not much of a card game player. There's been like a small handful of card games over the past few years that I've actually sort of really enjoyed. Um, but the whole idea of building a deck is really fun to me, and being able to do that with Marvel characters, I'm like, hell yeah, that, this should be really cool. And then added in with the XCOM stuff and the way the co- like the turn-based combat plays out, I'm like, oh yeah, this this could be really good. But my concern actually falls pretty much in line with what Keelan has to say, which is that weird sort of hub world interactiony stuff. Like I'm worried that's going to detract more than anything because XCOM one was pretty much all menus and you could check things out and you know view summaries and you felt like a commander in charge of the team. Whereas I, I don't want to feel like fucking Iron Man, just I think that's, in, that's in between missions, where I'm not doing anything, because that's there was kind no of- real XCOM lore to explore. Like a lot of XCOM, when I played it, at least a lot of the narrative was in my own head. I sort of made up as I go. Like these are the relationships I formed with these characters. It had that same vibe. It was like everyone plays Mass Effect a little bit differently depending on how you feel about certain characters. You create this internal canon. I had that when I played XCOM. Have with Marvel characters, there's such a history and lore behind them 
that I think you'd be, they'd be doing a disservice to the license. If they didn't give you a chance to have those conversations with people and find out what's happening in the time, find those little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And look, I'm sure you don't have to speak to everyone. If it's not, if it's not your bag, you know, just tell Wolverine to go fuck himself. Um, but if right. you are interested Actually, in it, you can go tell him to fuck himself and then find out why he, like, how he could. Could he do it? I don't disagree, but I just think the the format for telling those stories shouldn't be the hub world conversation tree. In in combat dialogue, like clever, snarky little remarks back and forth. Like hearing Wolverine in that trailer go, all right, then, Bob, really pulled me out. I was like, yeah. fucking hell. And that's what he says. Yes, I he know. I know Bob. that. I'm very aware that's him. like his fucking what a thing. Good man. I know that's his fucking thing. But, Bring back Snake Man, I say. But like, you can you can have Wolverine and Iron Man have a bit of banter, as you know, Wolverine is up in close combat against this alien or whatever, and then Iron Man snipes that same alien from across the room, and is like, "Got to be quick and next." You know, you can have but, but fun a, bits of banter and make it feel there's way fun, more organic. There's, there's fun. There's a massive difference between fun banter that on a battlefield that would be completely depend on how you want to play as well, and having. Moments of like world building and lore and stuff like that. You can't do that on the battlefield because you're playing it however you want. You know, you may have different characters out there. Who's Wolverine going to call Bob? Me? Everyone. No. He, he calls me. No. He calls literally yeah. everyone Bob. Let's move on to another game. To, okay. to, for him to call people Bob in. So we'll be Let's right. move on to a, a game where there's no snake man in it, but there's a cat, stray cat. Oh. Stray. Yeah. I'm Blue in for this. Studio. You play as cat. You're in a robot world. You have a little drone friend. I don't know exactly what this game is, but it looks adorable. Simon, you're our resident. Actually, no, you both are our resident cat spurts. Yes. How do you feel about Stray? Love it. I'm in. Like, Love it. Game of the year. Done. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Like, I'm, I, that's it. That's my review. It's I'm, I'm in. Give me that cat. Give me the drone. I want the cat to fly around on the drone like fucking Green Goblin does in Spider-Man. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that. It. That's the fucking fast travel. It's you get Clear the cat from evil. <laughs> you get What's the cat on? to jump onto the onto the drone like a hoverboard, and he flies around, and that is your quick travel system. That's what you I know want. What the worst part about this is now I'm going to have to do some video editing to have that scene from the Incredible Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, whatever the year, 2002 or whatever it was. You know, when he's in the burning building and Green Goblin, crafty as he is, being a scientist himself, he had a cloth over his, over his head, pretending to be an old woman trapped in a fire. And Genius. Peter Parker taps her on the shoulder to save her. He turns around and fucking screams and little Jesse pisses his pants, okay? Because <laughs> it's the most terrifying thing in the world. I'm going to have to video edit that. So the cat turns around and like, Rawr! Oh, Very good. Yes, please. That'd be, fan- that'd be but, fantastic. Like, look, Thank you. Keelan, what is Stray about? Uh, for a bit more context, uh, the, the cat is basically stranded in this city and alone. And essentially, well, at least the Steam listing says that you have to untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long forgotten city. So basically what that means is a little bit of platforming, some uh, light puzzles, um, beautiful environments, exploration, and most importantly, you get to be a cat. That is oh, just yeah. This is going to awesome. be a super meditative game. And I hope so. the world in this seems really cool. It, it's Lush. 
it's like soft core cyberpunk. It's just you know it it's so got the good. same neon lights and like you know wet streets and everything like that you get from a cyberpunk esque game like cyberpunk. But you have these like cute robots just going about their their day. Like it, it's not, it seems like the game that had like a cool lo-fi soundtrack to it. I think it's gonna be yeah. really relaxing. You know what I actually kind of want though is that I want it to be relaxing. I don't really want there to be much in the way of combat, but more it's you know puzzle solving and you know some nice little easy platforming and stuff like that. But actually make the story kind of weirdly dark. I think I think that will make it feel like this. I don't know. It's a very specific vibe I have in mind where. On the surface, it's nice and comfy and easy to approach and almost a little bit cosy, like the sort of game you would imagine sitting down and drinking a cup of tea while you play. But I kind of want I want the story to make me think. And I want I want whatever it is, whatever the mystery is, this long forgotten mystery, I want it to be something that I when I hit the credits, I then think about that for the next three, four days. It's like that's what I want. Yeah, I, I, I want that sort of like thing that just sticks with it. it doesn't even have to be massively impactful it doesn't have to be overly dark and you know oh, all the humans killed themselves in nuclear war and global warming none of that i like i don't care if it's that but i want it to have just that little bit of I poignancy can't. to it he doesn't believe in global warming i do believe in global warming he doesn't he's like <laughs> fuck yeah i live in perth the, the, the surf would be close to my house Cow- cowabunga dude <laughs> look <laughs> i don't think the surface of the sun can get much hotter than it does in perth at times um I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying here. And look, it is not unheard of from an indie game to lull you in with sweet nothings and then break your heart at mm. the game and absolutely horrifying you. That's that is sort of the trend with a lot of indie games. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I like to be broken apart by games. Um, Unless it's I, I kind of agree. I think there could be a really dark undertone here. Like you'll find letters from people or something like that. And you're like, oh shit, like, the rest of this world, there is some real sad shit happening here, but there's a really hopeful story here between a cat and his uh, robotic friend. Now, moving into some real horror, the Callisto Protocol from Striking Distance Studios and Skybound Entertainment uh, coming to the Xbox Series X, S, PC, and PS5. When we first saw this last year, I think a lot of people thought this was Dead Space. This is a new Dead Space yeah. game. It, it feels creepy as hell. The trailer gave us kind of a bit of, bit of flavor of it, and you're stuck on a jail cell on one of, I think it's Jupiter's moon of Callisto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's aliens in there, and the aliens are goddamn wet, and they're terrifying. They've got too many teeth, got too much neck, a little bones that they shouldn't have. But the most kind of the scariest thing that came out of all that was that this game is set Somehow, in the player unknown battleground universe. What universe? I don't is know that? how that works. Pub. What so universe is there? How is that like? Yeah, but I mean, like, what world building has been done in PUBG to make it PUBG distinct- CU? I mean, look, your universe is going to start somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think it's what, just, what world this, building this, is there? What lore is there? What background information is there in PUBG? The command said, "Look, it's not going to be." very deep okay? they may just they just happen in the same place like look as far as we know sonic generations and jack and you know and jack 3 happen in the same universe they're just different planets i don't know how the, how the whole universe I mean, look, works i like to think stuff. every ratchet and clank game and every jack and daxter game happen in the same universe and until proven otherwise i will well, die on that hill 
bear the part in Jack 3. If you go to the rich part of the sea, there's Simon's Wall, and it's got, Jack, it's got Ratchet and Clank in it. Exactly. But it doesn't make any sense because in Rift Apart, you get that, that gun that tears rifts in time and space, and Dark Jack comes through. So you're telling me that, that Jack 2 and Jack 3 happen in different universes, or is this a different Ratchet and Clank? Oh, buddy. Uh, I feel it's like, like start on that. having these two games set in the same universe is basically just a reason for them to integrate characters from the Callisto Protocol into PUBG. Probably. Vice versa. Yeah, I think, maybe. isn't this just made by the same studio? It's, yeah. no, it's not the same studio. Or like, or, or like, a, like a, a part of the studio? A publisher, probably. Like, well, maybe. Probably, yeah. well, they, I, I think maybe that, it could just be that. by the same company. But yeah, it's... Because like, even if they are in the same... You know, it doesn't really matter because one of them set on what you would assume is Earth. The other one set on the moons of, of, of Jupiter. So it gives a flying fuck. I think even some of the, the team um, uh, behind it, so Glenn Schofield, who was one of the co-creators of Dead Space, is working on the game, and he came out and said, uh, quote, it won't be really deep in terms of the lore connection. So I think even he was like, let's back away from what was it's said there. It's an excuse. That was, that was some dumb shit. It's an excuse. However... This is a new survival horror game. Keelan, I know you're a big Dead Space fan, and we are getting that Dead Space remake, but is this scratching an itch? I don't know yet. I don't know what it's going to look like. So survival horror, as in, like, less action? That would be good. I would really like to see something like that along those lines because everything that comes out these days is very action-oriented. That's mm. cool. It has its place. But, um, yeah, I just want to see something where you're you're weak, and you're scared. And the fact that it's set that. in a prison, I'm hoping that you're a prisoner. You're escaping aliens that should have taken over. You need to get out. Cool. So you have very, very few weapons. You know, you the best chance you get is maybe you find like a guard's pistol or something like that. I would love if there's also human enemies because mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a prison riot. Everyone's going to be out for themselves. Yeah. So you could fight human players with like shivs and shit like that. But then when the aliens come out, it's like, oh, I best not, I best run away. Yeah. Good That'd fist, fist cool. combat system. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick vibes almost. <laughs> like, interesting. Um, one thing that I am interested in is um, horror games live and die by the sound, the quality of the sound and how sort of things are sort of laid out as far as music to build tension and also sound effects also to creep you out. Um, the PS5 has this 3D audio thing that could be amazing in games like this. It could be like game changing. Has have they used that in anything yet? Nothing noticeable. I think I, I did recognize something a little bit different playing um, Resident Evil Village in uh, Donna ben, Donna Beneviento's house, which is such a good area. But I remember the the audio in that being really creepy with the headset on. Mm. But there's been nothing on the same level as, like, remember when, um, oh, what was that Xbox game? Send You a Sacrifice. The binaural audio in that game. Yeah. Why isn't that just in everything now? Because that took that game from a game to an experience. It's a- I-, I would love something like that in, in, in a game like Clister Protocol if it is more survival horror than action. Yeah, I would I would really like that too. But that kind of thing runs the risk of being a bit gimmicky, Jesse. And also, if you're not playing it in the right setup, if you're playing on um, stereo speakers on your TV, yeah. it, it, it sounds like shit. It means nothing. So, yeah, or if you, you know, have the wrong type work. of headphones. 
yeah and all that like work that. goes yeah, in to point. make it and it kind of just never gets used i don't know i think it would anyway. be a good thing to have as an optional like opt-in thing um because yeah. i know that a few games have started offering that sort of experience as an optional opt-in uh service um which yeah i mean if you i reckon if you offer it that way and you say, hey, look, it's recommended for the, for the best experience. We mm-hmm. recommend this and, you know, these headphone specifications or whatever. Then, cool. Like, I can get behind to that. But forcing it on people who won't have the correct setup is going to... It's going to lose that. Yeah, impact. it's going to be messy. Yeah. That it, would just bring back good old surround this. sound speakers, like, back in the day. I, um... Yeah, I, I agree that audio is such a missing part of a lot of horror games nowadays because i think look the creating the atmosphere in a horror game there's so many pieces to it but i think there's two really under underappreciated things one some games most games have right now and the other one is is audio which some games either nail it or they just don't bother the other one being your inventory mm-hmm. I, I remember i don't know why i was talking with my part about this recently in uh resident evil 4 which i know became more action horror but one of the parts that always freaked me out is when you'd find a new weapon and then you'd have to play, play Tetris with your briefcase. Yeah. And I'd panic. I'm like, what do I need right now? And it would keep me tense while doing this very menial task. And then you accidentally mm. throw out like your best first aid spray. And you're like, and oh, fuck, I needed that. I needed that shit. And then you come, you see this horde of enemies coming towards you and you're like, I am fucked. That's good. That's always a good time. Now, just... Before we wrap up the Callisto Protocol, I don't think this comes out this year. No. I got, I got a weird vibe. It's a it's gonna be a much bigger game than we expect. Um in, in, you know, in terms of marketing and stuff like that. But we're looking at early next year. My call that. But to wrap it up, we're gonna end with uh 2022's game of the year, probably. <laughs> Mario probably. Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh from, from Ubisoft coming out for the Switch. This is a sequel to 2017's shockingly brilliant Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, a game that I utterly, utterly adore. I can't even remember why I bought it. I, no, I bought it because I liked XCOM, and people were like, hey, this is XCOM, but bright, brightly colored. I'm like, oh, I like bright colors. Uh, so I got it, and I was a much deeper experience than I expected, and a much more difficult experience than I expected. Keelan, you've played it. Have you played as well, Simon? I haven't, actually. This is one of the few, like, early Switch games that I don't have. And it's been one of those things I've been like, oh, I need to grab it. And then just never do it. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. We could could stream that. Mm. I'd be keen to jump on the stream with that. Is there co-op on that? Yes. Maybe. Maybe. I'm making that up at this point. Keelan, what did you think of, of Kingdom Battle or Battle Kingdom or whatever um so um wasn't super interested in the whole like rabbits thing combined with the whole mario thing i'm like ah jesse insists i play this game but like man i don't know about this this isn't really my vibe holy shit man that was really good it was funny really enjoyable it, it it was like it was appropriate for anyone like anyone can pick this game up and find something good in it there's a good element in every aspect of the game. Even the writing and stuff, I like. I enjoyed that. They they it was just really good. They had a lot of fun with it. Like it's not very serious, and um, 
there's just a lot of I, I, I guess um timely maybe maybe it will age poorly in years to come but like timely jokes like the rabid princess peach is hilarious selfie yeah, yeah she's so funny it's uh, such a weird thing like, i don't like again uh, i never really grew up with nintendo characters so none of the mario characters really bear any weight with me except for luigi who's a king um <laughs> and the rabbits are <laughs> junk characters belong in the bin yeah they so are the, the together shouldn't appeal to me at all but they they balance it so well like so this princess peach one will come through and she's taking selfies and stuff like that making these weird sounds and a lot of physical comedy and it should be grating but it isn't because it never overstays its welcome it knows exactly what it needs to do and it, it goes back i think you bring up a really good point the writing in the game is super understated it really is because it's appropriate it, exactly it works brilliantly and it allows you to enjoy the rest of the game. You're not being like, oh, fuck, I need to, I'm off put by all this bullshit. It's like, no, this is balanced very well. The only thing I didn't like about the original, and it looks like there's going to be even more in Sparks of Hope, judging from the trailer so far, is the overworld of sort. So you and your companions run you know, between battles and you do some basic puzzles, some basic platforming. It seemed tedious and it was a really strange thing. So... You don't actually control any of your characters. You're controlling what is essentially a magical Roomba. I can't remember what its name is. But you control that and it's slightly off-center on your screen. So your characters are centered. And you're controlling that. So doing some turning corners takes a moment to get used to. It's a really weird thing that I was hoping they would scrap um, in this new one. But they, they definitely haven't. No. In the first game... You know, coming into it expecting an XCOM-esque experience and actually finding something that I would argue is deeper. The mechanics and the balance of those mechanics and movesets and characters and stuff like that and weapons is sublime. It's the first game that's forced me to mix up my playstyle. You can't just, you cannot brute force your way through this game. Uh, and not many games have forced me to do it. And then I've actually enjoyed doing a bit of everything. I upgraded mm. everyone. Everyone had different weapons and stuff like that. It was a really cool little dance you would have in each battle where you didn't do too well the last one. You go back, you completely redo your style. And you're thinking like five moves ahead if you can. I'm worried that these new sparks, which are like elemental types, you look like you have an ice one, a lightning one, and a fire one. And they'll be, they're the, they're the three different types. And I think there's, they're saying there's dozens of each one. I don't know if there'll be different sorts of powers or if you collect more, you get different powers, whatever. I'm worried about big, you know, finisher moves messing up that very delicate balance that they had in the original. Because they're going to they're gonna have to take something away from you or they're going to have to give the enemy a counter. And okay. I hope it's not just like, hey, give us a big move and then give, give them a big move because it's going to feel like... Um, yeah, the the Gigantamax bullshit in Pokemon. Yeah, has like, oh, their Ugh. Pokemon's are really big, so I make mine really big, so nothing matters. Yeah, because it's both it's really cool big, now. so this is just a visual thing. Yeah, it that's the vibe I got. And purely because one of the attacks looks like an attack from uh, a Gigantamax Pokemon. That was the first thing that came to my head. I'm, I'm worried they're gonna tweak that balance too much. But so just to I guess sort of pitch question to you. What if uh, you said finishing move? 
What if it was a finishing, like essentially just nothing more than a special effect that gets triggered randomly when you get a critical hit on an enemy that has like two HP left and your normal shot would have done 10 HP worth of damage? I think that'd be, that'd be losing one of the coolest moments in the game. When you finish a game with a stacked move, nothing beats that. No cool cosmic superpower move will beat that. When you, you know, you run out from the corner with one person, you shotgun them, pushes them two squares back, and suddenly Luigi's on the other end of the map can overwatch them with a sniper rifle. It's so weird saying Luigi with a sniper rifle, but still. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know, he falls backwards and Mario, you know, hits him with a hammer or whatever. That's cool. That felt good when a move came together. And you've been playing that move for, you know, for 10 moves now, and it just all comes together. That's the magic in the game. So I hope they don't kind of cheapen that with giving you a big flashy finisher that just feels, to me, would feel a little bit hollow. But let's say, let's uh, say, you know, it does it does the first two bits, you know, you send them, you shotgun them, you send them flying back, Luigi snipes them in the head, they fall over, and then instead of Mario's whacking them with a hammer, it, you know, big, cool, super cosmic hammer, bonk. They need it. They need it. Entirely They need a bonk. I need a bonk. You, you need no normal bonk, bonk not cosmic. Bonk. Not, not a cosmic, cosmic bonk. bonk. Exactly. Okay. No. What I'm saying is, <laughs> I context. don't like change. It yes. scares me. I am scared of these sparks ruining my experience because I'm a child. That's what I'm saying. I know. I okay, Jesse. I have faith in this team because I'm. I'm assuming it's being done by. Um, I believe it's da- David Soliani again. Is he the guy who was uh, tearing up when he first got announced? Yes, yeah, David De Soliani. That's what got me to want to play this game. I yeah, that. Um, and he, cool. uh, yeah, it won an award, and he was very teary-eyed about it. Um, Deserves all the awards. I have a fair bit of faith in him and the team. Because, again, I haven't played these games, but I have heard nothing but positive stuff about these games some of my favorite reviewers have said you know like this is one of the most comprehensive strategy games weirdly enough that you can play and it feels properly engaging it feels really good fun and like absolutely needs to be checked out so i don't think they're gonna throw away that initial i guess goodwill that everyone's got towards this franchise now um, You'd hope so, but I don't think any studios like willingly throw away goodwill. They always think they're doing the right. I mean, things. I disagree with you on that one because Square Enix ended 2021 on a massive NFTs, amount of goodwill, bro. and then NFTs, literally bro. day one of 2022, the CEO struts out and is like, "Hi, I'm a dickhead. Check it out." And it's like, "Thanks, you complete <laughs> fucking dart spot. <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell." <laughs> the funniest letter is like. We know a lot of people just you know play our games you know for fun, and most people are against NFTs. So we're going to introduce NFTs to block some of your fun. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's buddy. Like, oh, I don't know. There's, there was just like this weird malicious undertone to that letter as well because he's like, some people you know do community organization in the games, and it's like, yeah, you are you are implying you are implicitly implying that people that do that don't get fun and enjoyment out of it. That there is no Look fun to be character had. development, Keelan. Look at the character <laughs> development Simon's gone through in the last two months. 
The worm has turned, my friend. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just to go back to the point that Simon yeah, was making before. Simon, I agree with you 100%. This is a team that is so passionate and dedicated to making games that they took something that many people would see as just, you know, it's just a job. Nonsense. We've just got to fucking shit out a game. They turned it into something brilliant, like legitimately, yeah, look, objectively I'm, good. I'm, and I, know I always get very nervous about sequels to games I love. I am nervous as hell about Ragnarok. I am nervous about Forbidden West. Get ready, you get ready for Control any- 2, bitch. Let's go. I'm <laughs> terrified of Control 2 because I didn't love the DLC. Okay. Yeah, fair. And that's like, I, I hold these games on this on this pedestal. And I was like, the sequel needs, in my eyes, needs to beat that. Or I'm just going to feel hollow inside. It's- and I know that's not the right way to look at these things. So I'm just, I'm... It's hard not to. Fingers crossed. It's yeah, either going to be good or it's going to be... I, it's going to be bad. Whatever. I understand and appreciate your scepticism. Like, weirdly so. But I feel like, again, knowing the team that's behind us and knowing how hard David De Soliani worked to make the first game even happen, the fact that he initially got turned down by Nintendo, actually sort of got laughed out of a room, and then went, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway, came back to them and went, give this to Miyamoto. And they went, all right, then fine, whatever. I'll give it to fucking Miyamoto, see what happens. And Miyamoto's like, shit, dude, this is pretty good. I fucking like this. This is cool. You know what, Hell yeah. You know what I need from this game? Like, come on, that's the dedication. That's the dedication. Could you imagine, okay, years from now, they announce number three. Mario Rabbids. Kill Chaos, Snake Man, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Strangers in Paradise. Ends, the trailer ends with a Rayman cocking a shotgun. I would actually be okay with that. That'd be fucking rad. Bring because back Rayman. Anyway. I, yeah. I feel bad let's for Rayman. wrap it up there before we start talking about how good Rayman is. Um, <laughs> we've gone through 10 other games. Commanders here. So let's face it. We're going to speak about the other one, the bigger ones in more detail. These are the ones, don't sleep in them. I think there's some genuine gold here this year. Oh, yeah. This is going to be one of the big years of gaming. This this looks really promising. And I think of these 10, I mean, personally, the one I'm looking forward to most is, is Sifu. What about you guys? Probably I'm my torn. number one as well, Sifu. Like, it, it just hitting, yeah. it's ticking a lot of boxes for me. That's fair. I I appreciate Sifu, and it is one to, uh, for me, that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out on. But I'm torn between giving my number one spot to Sifu or Mario plus Rabbids. Genuinely torn between the two. I I thought you were going to say Shadow of Paradise, whatever that goddamn game Uh, is. Look, Chaos. (laughs) Strangers of Paradise is going to be a game. But it's absolutely it's one thing. I'm going to hold off on until I see reviews. Well, if you want to hear about our thoughts on these games when they come out, or you want to hear our thoughts on any games that have come out in the last almost two years now, Don't right, check that. us out. Check out our other episodes uh, on Spotify and iTunes. Subscribe and leave us a review. Keep an eye out as well for our spin-off show, Love Letters, where I interview a, a creator of some sorts about a game that's really important to them. Uh, the last episode we recorded was with Mr. Owen Jones. You may know him as Digital Beard. Photo- photographic extraordinaire. Uh, we talk about Burnout Takedown. 
We also just talk a lot about music and a lot about the Melbourne music scene. It's very niche. If you know about the Melbourne music scene, check it out. Um, while you're on iTunes and Spotify, also check out Fan Critical Podcast Network. Uh, they keep the likes on. They have a bevy of shows talking about TV, talking about movies, talking about all sorts of pop culture. We've also got StoryModeGaming.com for all your news and information about games and such. We're on social media because, of course, we are. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at StoryModeAUS. If you jump on there now, you will see that we're currently looking for some more writers. So if you are passionate and dedicated and you want to talk shit about games like we do, um, over on StoryModeGaming.com, shoot us a line. Check that out. Send me an email and we'd love to get you involved with our Big Plans 2022. We're also on Twitch, as I mentioned earlier. We can watch us record these live every week. We also have a bunch of streams every week at Stoneman AUS. And of course, we're on Patreon. Just search for Fan Critical. Chuck us a couple of bucks and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. Simon, Keelan, thanks for joining in. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Always a bloody pleasure with you boys, okay? Everyone in the chat, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for having a chat. And everyone listening at home, we hope we spark some interest in some of these games for you. Make sure you keep an ear out for them. Make sure you keep an eye out for them. Make sure you play them. Go play something. Stay safe. Play some games. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 The operatic section has begun.